Hello, and thank you for listening to Acting Related, the My Sighted Actor podcast. I'm Frank Prendergast, and today's episode is part one of a two-parter in which I chat with director Sean O'Connor. Sean's latest short has won four awards, including Best Irish Short at the Oscar Qualifying Foil Film Festival. He was recently nominated for a Discovery Award at the Dublin International Film Festival, and he's directed numerous shorts, a feature, and he recently directed a stage play as well. Some of the things I'll be chatting with Sean about include the impact coronavirus has had on his creativity and productivity, how his first IMDb credit is a feature film he made for about €300, Euro, and how taking an acting class changed his approach to directing. In uh, part two, we'll be talking about more, but for now, let's chat. Sean, thank you very much for agreeing to be the first ever guest on the very brand new My Actor podcast. Thanks, Frank. I'm, uh, I'm honoured. Um, so I thought we would just kick things off with, um, I don't want to talk endlessly about coronavirus because that's what everyone is talking endlessly about right now but at the same time it'd be kind of weird to ignore it I think and uh, we are at the time of chatting in the whole stay at home phase of it Um, so I just thought we'd just really maybe quickly have a chat about like I know there's a lot of discussion and I think it's a special I think it's I think it's even more so for creative people where people are putting a lot of pressure on themselves to write their next amazing script or book or whatever whatever field they're in versus and then there's that there's just that balance of like also just taking care of ourselves yeah and I was just kind of wondering maybe where you fell in that range absolutely yeah I mean there's um I think people kind of people in the creative sphere especially have kind of felt this pressure to like you know I mean so by basically by the time this this is all finished you would but you'd better have written the great Gatsby, like, yeah. you know, or, or don't, or, or, or don't talk to me. Do you know what I mean? Like you've had, yeah. you've had two months, like, yeah. what have you been doing? Um, and I initially, when, when it ha- when the, the shutdown was, ha- um, was announced, I, I did have this thing of like, okay, well, this will actually be a great opportunity to, to get work done. And in a way it has, but like, um, I think, and especially from kind of like seeing stuff on social media, actually less so social media, but, just, but actually speaking to people working in the creative sphere, I found that um, while there are obvious benefits to having that time and space to, to sit down and create, um, it's not, it's not, you're not working from home, right? You are staying at home because of a government mandated shutdown in a global pandemic yeah and you're trying to get work done there yeah and there are and there is so much like psychological weight that comes with that um not to mention the, just the i mean the the stress of it the stress of reading the news the, the 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 stress of um i mean you know not being able to 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 see your loved ones to to um like if you like you know parents or grandparents worrying about the worrying about their health these are all things that are kind of compounded on top of it, but you have to kind of compartmentalize in order to get work done. And I think that like in the first, after the first two or three weeks, I was thinking like, I'm not getting nearly as much work done. I'm, I'm probably getting less work done than I do normally when I work. For yeah. Me. Why is yeah. that? And, and it was only kind of through sp- 
speaking to other people, other creative um, folks and feeding that out and kind of seeing that most people were having that same experience. And I felt, um, I guess, kind of less guilty about it. Um, and also, uh, uh, yeah, this, this is another thing I think is extremely important. The whole thing of like going out and dancing and drinking and hanging out with your friends and like going and th- these things that we often may consider to be just, just even socializing, going for a coffee, like, you know, yeah, things that we may in better circumstances consider to be kind of frivolous activities. They are actually extremely important and, cathar- and cathartic and they give you the release that allows you to kind of like build up to that momentum of work for Monday morning again. Yeah. And and when you don't have that, you're losing the the, the, the structure. Yeah, of, yeah. So I mean, I, I guess kind of I was like lucky the, enough the that I had I had had a few like, jobs. Um, the the shooting part of the jobs done before right when this happened. Uh, one was um uh, a music video for a, a, a friend of mine, um, and it's a, a it's it's a music video that involves um well she she, she gave me the song. And it's about a breakup, but I also felt it could be kind of, uh, it also could be about like, you know, the grief or kind of losing a loved one. And right. um, I had this idea of like, um, uh, so my my grandfather on my father's side passed away a few years ago and he and my uh, my grandmother were like very much in love until the, until uh, until he passed away. And um, uh, so she's living on her own now. And I thought it might be a really nice kind of tribute to him and to their relationship to to um, make a music video that was kind of that like um, combined old kind of footage of them um, and because they were like there's loads of like old footage and kind of old photographs of them kind of um, you know their wedding and kind of when they when they met and all that um, and then combined that with footage of her on her own now but surrounded by the memories of him so kind of like a cross between beautiful um, the video for Hurt by Johnny Cash and the first five minutes of the film up and um, the, the music video sounds beautiful mm. yeah, yeah i'm excited about it yeah um any idea when that will make it out into the world um so interestingly the, the uh the singer songwriter for for whom it was made um uh, her name is ellie o'keefe i've known her for years and uh, she we, we ran in the same musical circles years ago back when i was a full-time musician and uh, she uh, she's from Ratmore and Kerry, and she um, <laughs> she has been on the uh, the Voice UK. So, anyways, long answer short, um, we are waiting to see what happens with the uh, with the Voice, and um, because sure. she, I think she has there's there's contracts and stuff involved with what she can release while she's under the the tenure of the program. Gotcha. Um, so right. yeah, but fingers crossed, it'll be it'll be soon. Brilliant. Excellent. Excellent. So, um, yeah, we knew each other for, I think, a couple of years before I realized that you were the director of Steaming and Dreaming, the the Grandmaster Cash story. But also, like, really interesting that you have a feature under your belt. uh, And according to IMDb, it's like your first credit is like, was it your first credit? Yeah, it was. It was indeed. Um, So like I was saying a minute ago, I was um, I was a full-time musician until kind of pretty much since I was 30, but uh, uh, did multimedia in the Cork Institute of Technology. That was my degree. And then I went on to do a master's degree in film studies in University College Cork. Um, and it was kind of after that that I decided, okay, I have to make 
something. If I don't attempt it, I, um, I'll never know. And also I kind of felt that like I was kind of drifting away from the kind of like the opportunity of potentially making something. So, um, with the help of, uh, um, some friends I met, um, during the, um, the, the, uh, the master's degree. And so I just went off and bought a super cheap camera and a little Sony Handycam, bought a little microphone for it. And we just started making sketches, um, for, uh, I don't even know did Facebook exists at the time, but like it was for pretty much for like YouTube and social media and such. Um, and they involved, um, these are sketches about uh, a cork rapper, um, who we kind of the character of which we kind of built from scratch. It was a bit based on a, based on a few different actual rappers, but, um, and this cork rapper who was kind of like strugg- struggling in his art, but he had tried to branch off into these different things like film reviews, like, and like audiobooks, like children's audiobooks and stuff like that. Um, just different scenarios for him. Like, yeah. Um, but we also recorded actual songs. Like, so we like sat down and kind of like did our hip hop research and started recording these tunes and had actually great crack making them. But then we yeah. kind of found that like, people were suspecting that like th- this guy was real and were actually interacting with him as a real person <laughs> online. So we're going, oh my goodness. And then uh, then this other character kind of came to came into fruition through um, uh, uh, another mutual friend of ours, um, a rival rapper, um, Grandmaster Cash and Dr. Fiekenstein from Caragoline and Rochestown having like, you know, gang wars. And uh, after shooting loads of stuff with them, loads of scenes and stuff, we kind of found that like there was this like natural kind of arc happening um uh just between like where the rappers had come from and kind of things they had in common but things they were fighting about so we said look we've got all this stuff shot um why don't we actually write some scenes and put them together and see if we can make a story out of it like because all all we have to do is hit the 90 minute mark you know so we did that and over the course of um nine months we basically just kind of uh put the whole story together uh improvised loads of it i mean the lads con doyle um and uh, uh connor and joe were absolutely like just I mean, brilliant brilliant writers and improvisers and musicians and we ended up with a feature film at the end of it um that we made for literally like 300 euros or something in total like and uh that's amazing it's ridiculous like it's absolutely like the further away i get from it i'm just like that's ridiculous that's amazing and like and like cork i don't i don't know how wide it went but i certainly remember at the time like cork was buzzing about it (laughs) yeah yeah it was the well the final scene of the film involves um the the lads having not a rap battle but a kind of a a gig together and it was in the krushkin lawn so krushkin lawn yeah it was i was getting confused with this krushkin lawn it's probably fun no it's the krushkin um and we put out a call on social media for people to come up to, to show up for the thing. And it was like Sunday afternoon and we packed the place out. It was ridiculous. Like we were, and there was like people kind of chanting the names out in the streets and everything. So it was very kind of fortuitous, like this kind of social media thing we'd built up in the meantime had actually kind of taken off. Like, and then people showed up for that final scene when we had, when we got, then we got Tommy Tiernan involved with the, um, um, to kind of set up that final scene with this, this interview where he talks about the master catches music. And, um, and then, we sent it into the Cork Film Festival and like not for a minute did I think it would, it would, they would even look at it like, you know, right. because I, I had no idea what happened at film festivals, but they certainly didn't show these types of films. And then it got in and uh, we had a gala screening at it, um, which sold out. 
uh, and Stevie G was playing afterwards. It was great. It was great fun. But that sold out. So they put on a second night of it, and that sold out. Um, and right. those those two nights were. I'm like to be quite honest. Like the film didn't really kind of carry outside Cork. I mean, I I also at the time we like we had no idea how to promote it or kind of like even like so many other festivals would have been kind of outside of my can at the time. But um, sure. Uh, but just that experience of kind of like, you know, being in a room with something that you made screening and people reacting to it was just like, I was like, yeah. okay, I need to, I need to stick with this and see if I can make a career out of it. Yeah. 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 That's yeah. Brilliant. Brilliant. Um, and yeah, so you have, you've made, um, well, you've, you've made a bunch of shorts. You've had um, a, a serialized piece on TV. Um, we've worked on two shorts together. Mm-hmm. Uh, which is that that is how I know you, I think. I don't think I knew you before we 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 made that um before we made Rest My Bones. No, I don't believe so. Um, uh, I think I, I, I had known you through uh, Mark Hogan's work. Gotcha. Uh, in particular, yeah, I'd probably seen you in, in, in a few things, but like um uh I had definitely seen um because uh, Mark made that, that trilogy of films. Yeah, and I and I kind of saw each of them as they as they came out or as they were released online, and um, I knew you from that and uh, had uh, had admired you from afar, <laughs> and and I unknowingly had been admiring your work, but didn't figure it out for like several years. Um, but yeah, so and rest my bones, like so the the two I've worked with you on are rest my bones and disappear, and both were uh, like rest my bones was a very technically challenging piece, I would imagine. It seemed like it seemed quite like a fair, quite a, an ambitious uh, script to take on. Yeah, yeah. Um, it, I mean, it was it was definitely a, a big jump in terms of technical things. Um, technical things, um, but it was definitely the big. It was the because like with the, so with the, the grandmaster casting, like I had been like just shooting every like doing all the technical work myself. Like there was literally not another person there. There was no <laughs> lights. There was no anything. So kind of, and then I I made a, a good few music videos where I got to work with small crews, which was a great opportunity and great learning. And then we got the money to make, we got a small grant to make um, Rest My Bones. And then I actually had like um, a, 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 a fantastic director of photography, um, uh, uh, Justin McCarthy, um, who very unfortunately is no, no longer with us, but um, yeah. and, uh, an amazing crew and actually had someone to uh, do a score for us and um, uh uh, it was a completely different experience, you know, but really, really good and kind of what I needed to do at the time. Um, and uh, yeah, it was kind of great to get something with a crew on. But this is the thing, like, I mean, at the, I, I had always, I even felt at that time, like, I mean, and it's, it's true, like, I was probably the person on the set with, like, the least amount of experience, <laughs> you know, and I'm telling, like, and people ask me questions about, like, light temperatures and stuff. I'm just like, it's just just whatever you think yourself, I suppose. <laughs> you know, um, but but I think there's a but there's like uh, there's it's important to do that as well to kind of be able to you know like um, make the decisions that you uh, that you know are kind of creatively correct for, but then like being totally happy to kind of relinquish like um, technical decisions to people who are very good at what they do, like like. Sure. Uh, like Justin or uh, uh, Rupert, who was who was gaffing on it, like or <clears throat> yeah, because I mean, well, Justin certainly was always just such a lovely presence on set, and I would imagine he would be the 
ideal he would have been the he's the ideal person to kind of guide you through something in a very like he's not the type of person to like take control um but also a very generous dop i would imagine certainly from an actor's perspective absolutely he, he was just uh, and, and he was dop on disappear as well and i just i yeah always assumed that i would uh, that i would get to work with him further and uh, yeah unfortunately not um but yeah, yeah it's such a lovely presence on set and just such a lovely man yeah yeah an absolute joy to be around and yeah and crazy crazy talented as well yeah 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 so disappear because rest my bones was kind of i mean uh, it's it's a lovely film, but also very technically, like it has a lot of special effects and uh, a lot of different locations. And it has a guy with no head, like yeah, <laughs> a lad with no head strolling around the final scene, like spoiler. Yeah. <laughs> 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 ah, if you haven't seen it by now, like uh, <clears throat> and then disappear uh, was very well. I found it very challenging. Um, uh, but for completely different reasons, uh, it was, I suppose, more dramatically challenging because it was almost the opposite. It's two people, one location, pretty much. Um, and it's it's all kind of it's it's entirely in the intensity of the moment. Yeah, yeah, very much so. I mean, and uh, like Justin was amazing in those terms as well, because because um, it was written as a radio play, which myself and uh, Connor Barron, who did the music for Rest My Bones, um, uh, put together, and then it was just kind of itching at me that it could be, it could work as a as a as a film piece as well. And also, I like Rest My Bones was the first one I, I'd written, but I kind of I I really wanted to kind of try something dramatic as well. I mean, not Rest My Bones is dramatic, but something that's kind of strictly drama, um, and um, and also to kind of work within those parameters of like you know because we had no we had like very very little money for it. Um, there's one location, there's two actors, um, small crew. What what can you do with it? Like, you know, and I love I love that 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 challenge. Like, and especially of kind of taking so I love that thing of taking an idea that's like high concept and it kind of opens with that. Like he says, like, okay, I think I'm going to just disappear and kind of just okay, how do and how do you kind of dig into that, like, you know, within the sure. parameters that you have? But um but Justin was amazing in terms of like, you know, like breaking up the, the the look of it into different sections, like and having those push-ins on your face and on George's face, like and, um, but uh, but yeah, I'm, I'm just like so happy with it, proud of it at, at the end. And I mean, like you know, you're you guys are fantastic. And, like, how was it for Cheers. you? In, I mean, I know it's it's a it, in terms of in actorial terms, it's completely different from. I mean, I guess it's completely different from something like Rest My Bones, but um, but in preparation, yeah, I mean, had you had you started working with uh? with Tom Kibbe in the meantime? Yes. Yeah. And uh, yeah, and I'm, I'm glad you brought that up because I wanted to, I wanted to get onto that as well mm-hmm. because um, you wouldn't have known Tom Kibbe then, I guess. No. Um, but both myself and George were attending his classes. And so I, so Tom Kibbe is um, a, a um, acting coach uh, based in Cork uh, who he himself studied with Meisner, Adler and Strasberg. Uh, and he has uh, he teaches techniques to techniques of modern realist acting, um, and so uh, so I was definitely using his technique to prepare, and but I mean that was it was a, it was really challenging script wise in terms of like yeah um, I suppose yeah in terms of knowing knowing where to pitch that and how to 
get the intensity across, but but also not you know not to become melodramatic. Uh, so yeah, it was it was it was definitely a challenge, uh, but I absolutely loved working on it. But then, I mean, for me, that is the joy of this industry is is the actually getting to work with close friends on really creative projects that are close to their hearts. Um, and, and I mean, that project is the perfect example of that, where you had you being writer director, myself and George and the cast who've worked together and were taking classes together. Justin, I mean, I can't even remember. I mean, I think I, there was very few people I'd say on that set that, that we didn't all have some kind of close relationship with. Um, so yeah, just, just fantastic. But so we were doing some mad Tom Kibbe exercises on set, uh, including the exercise where you make these weird noises into a mirror to, to get you in the zone. Um, what, well, how did that come across to you? Cause I know we, 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 I know we forewarned you that we would be shouting into mirrors <laughs> in between takes, but I thought did you it were seem a bit mad? I never want to do it. Like. <laughs> I wanted to shut the production down like <laughs> uh, I, it was um, I think the first time it was well I mean I didn't I remember hearing you guys do, do doing that and it was kind of okay I'm not sure what they're doing but also kind of trusting the process and you know that whatever like and also you know seeing that whatever you're doing that when you come into the room and we start filming that you know you're, you've, you've gone to wherever you need to go and it was working so as i was i wasn't i certainly wasn't questioning it but it did kind of it did make me fascinated about like what okay what are they doing like you know yeah, yeah. <laughs> what's he building in there yeah. you know, um uh which kind of i which i think subsequently that led me on to um uh to uh asking tom if I could attend one of his classes and just see uh, what, what, as in pure, purely as a as, as a spectator, but I, I said to him, look, I, right. I, you know, I mean, I'll be happy to participate if you want, but like, I, I'm I'm not an actor, I'm a director, but I'd like to see it. But then, and then I, I went to one of the classes, and it was like, because if you're not familiar with it, like, and you sit and you walk in in the middle of one of these repetition exercises, like, it's like going to Mars, like, okay. like, like I had no idea what was happening, and I was like. Right. At some point, are they going to like, like, do dialogue or something? Nah, nah. It's fifteen minutes of like, but but then once you kind of, kind of get past the astonishment of it, you see that they are actually exploring these these ranges of emotions that are coming yeah. through just repetition and and maybe slight bit of movement and approaching and and moving further away, but they are going through like a range of emotions and it's not. Um, it doesn't feel like artifice. It yeah. really genuinely feels like they are going to places like, and um, that may be fascinated by it. Also kind of terrified because I, because I kind of thought, okay, well, if I stay in this class longer, I have to participate. But, um, but also, especially doing disappear with you guys. Cause I, me- I remember when I rehearsed, when we rehearsed it, um, I, I loved it. I loved rehearsing with you. And I, and, and also because it was something that I had written, I, I strongly felt that like I felt I had the confidence to um, to be able to answer the questions that you guys had. And I remember some I remember at some point you asked me like, what did 
what did he used to do or something like and what what did he do before this happened and i think i, I just said oh, he, i think he was like a graphic designer or something and you were like oh right okay and i don't know where that came from but like um it right. was a huge change from in the past where i mean i've worked with like brilliant brilliant writers but you always have the option and the tendency to defer to them you know right. or yeah. at least because you wouldn't you know i, I wouldn't presume to, to know that without asking i mean what you don't want to say oh he's a graphic designer and then and the writer says well no obviously he's not like that's stupid yeah, yeah. <laughs> like you know but um i loved the kind of the, the the freedom and also just the kind of that the kind of the 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 ability to to kind of have that story that backstory it's it's in your head somewhere if you've written the script that those answers are are already there sure and, and i so i i uh, but I also felt in in rehearsing with you that like it became more acute to me than it had than it ever had been in the past that I didn't have the experience of working with actors that I would like to have and I didn't have the language that I would have liked to speak to you with because I I found myself you I saw I I I found myself using words like just bigger and smaller and um and I knew that like an actor needs more motivation than that. Like the deeper you can go into the mechanics of it and, and shift that gear rather than kind of like say, I just a bit louder, a bit slower or, or God forbid, like a line reading, like, you know, but yeah, interesting. Cause I mean, I don't think that was my experience uh, at the time. I mean, I feel like because we also had the luxury of rehearsals, I feel like we did, you know, we did a lot of um, nuanced work in terms of building up the characters. And maybe that's why, I didn't feel that then on the day because we had done so much background work and we had done so much prep work that um, that in a way then you don't you don't need as much on the day. So maybe it didn't you know didn't come across to me that way certainly. Yeah, um, yeah. But, I mean, but that, so that, you you did go on to do like you're I mean you're still doing Tom Kibbe classes when they're they're available. I'm still doing Tom how, classes. Yeah. How have you? So I guess two questions. How have you found it? How have you found it has impacted on you as a director in terms of what you were just saying? And then secondly, uh, will you act? Because we've done, we've done some great scenes together in yeah, class. We did. We did. Of Mice and Men. Yeah. Uh, the, the acting classes were, I mean, I think in terms of how I work with actors, there were the, the acting classes were like there's a before and after there. Like really. Um, I think this, um, the, like, when I was making those, those early, the early films and short films, um, the experience you get from just setting up shots and like being aware of like a plane flying overhead so you can't record sound there or people in the background or whatever, all those things are building up your, your repertoire of your experience so that when you actually do get to work with like DOPs and sound recordists and such, you at least have that basic kind of like knowledge of, you know, composition and grading or, or, or whatever, even though they may be leagues ahead of you, but you can still communicate with them using that basic language. And, um, what the classes with Tom, the acting classes gave to me was, that same type of basic communicative ability that can only be gained through experience, you know, Makes sense. Yeah. Um, yeah. And, and doing the, the, the repetition exercises like, and 
I mean, I remember do, doing stuff like we're, like we did the one time did like the mirror exercises or the singing exercises. And I found myself kind of just like really going to like, like quite emotional places with it yeah. and, try, and, and not being, but like, and I mean, Tom is such a kind of fantastic teacher that he kind of, he makes you feel like completely safe in it, whether you're, you know, like roaring your head off, like, or, or, yeah. in, or sobbing, like, you know, but, um, that basic kind of familiarity of like the, the pressure and the, uh, and the, and what is necessary to act out a scene, if, whether that's in front of like 10 other students or it's in front of a camera and a crew. Um, I kind of felt that like once I had that and once I, I had those and, and I could, and I found myself kind of at times replicating like kind of Tom's, um, Tom's way with actors or Tom's vocabulary sometimes in the most, most basic things like, but, um, but I found that the next short film I did after that, which was, um, an Irish film board short called Mary that like, and I was working with kids and, um, uh, and, uh, George Hanover from who's the disappears in that as well. And Mark Dalton and a bunch of other great actors. Um, but that even when we're doing the rehearsals for that, it was totally different from any rehearsals that I I did before. So we had a private space. I made absolutely sure we had props. I got involved in the rehearsals. So even if, if I was doing line, line readings, I was, I was moving or I was blocking with the actors, like, you know, and, right. and especially with the kids and stuff, like, you know, there was, there's a scene, like there's, there's a scene where one of the kids kind of gets pushed down to the ground. Like, so I jumped down to the ground with them, like, and, and I was kind of saying, well, you throw your stuff around, you know, and I know that that put them at ease, like, and it put me at ease. And, sure. but it's, in the past, what I probably would have done is I would have stood off to the side and kind of maybe set up a camera and recorded it. And like, that's all good. Let's, and I'm sure I wouldn't have put the actors off, like, but it adds a sense sure. of clarity. And, and again, going back to that thing of just like, you're establishing that you have that basic kind of connection between like, I, I, I mean, I've, I've nowhere near the amount of like experience that any of you guys do, but I have a fundamental understanding of what the process is on a basic level and and i think that that becomes palpable in the in the rehearsal space yeah that makes a lot of sense it makes a lot of sense and i think a lot of the time there is there's too much of um there's too much of a divide between the director and the actor and nobody even really understands what that divide is exactly um and and also there's too much of a kind of a there's too much of a mystique built up around like acting in adverted commas as well. Um, yeah. So I think, um, yeah, I, I can only imagine that it must be really valuable as a director to, to actually attend a class and, and, and actually experience it. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, and terrifying at the beginning. Well, was, yeah. Really, yeah. Terrifying for an actor as well at the beginning. <laughs> of course. Of course. Yeah. 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 But like, I mean, I, I, it kind of blows my mind that like more directors don't do it though, you know, um, because, and especially when it kind of like the, like there are acting classes pretty much everywhere, like in every, sure. certainly in every major city, like, you know, sure. Yeah. You have the option of, it's like, it's like as a director, if you had the option of like doing, a, doing a course on, on cinematography with a bunch of other cinematographers, like, I mean, of course you would do it. Like, you know, um, but, I think there is probably a, that there is that barrier of like the, that of y- you kind of have to, 
maybe kind of bare your soul a little bit like or you you know sure that 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 thing of like of, of acting out a scene and like like forgetting your lines or like busting out laughing or something or you know or the that emotion comes up that some emotion comes up that you weren't expecting and it's really it's really raw like but um but once you are through it and on the other side it's um it, it is it's it's so fantastic for your for your confidence sure and dealing with actors and 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 also I think on the set as well it it made me kind of because because in the past I I had like done all the technical stuff myself I had to kind of like extract myself from that mode of thinking over the over all the music videos and short films I did which was like okay no I okay I'm I don't have the camera so I'm not going to shoot I'm not going to film it right but even at that I'd be kind of checking the shots and stuff I mean there's nothing wrong with that like but sure yeah. uh, but it is it has moved me much more into the uh, into the sphere and the belief that like the director's primary role is to work with the actors. The right. other stuff, the other stuff. I mean, you need to be deeply involved in, but for the most part, that should be prepared beforehand. And gotcha. also, and with the rehearsals, that should all be done beforehand as well. But like, your primary job as a director when you're working with actors on on the day is to like is to work with them, answer their questions, make them feel comfortable, not like nudge whatever needs to be nudged, um, and create uh, um. A fun, comfortable, enjoyable set, even on a on a heavy drama, you know. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. Thanks for listening, and please do check out part two, where we'll be chatting about Sean's latest Oscar qualifying short, how he finds actors for his projects, and his opinions on what's most important when networking. If you'd like to know more about Sean, go to www.seanoconnor.com. That's S-H-A-U-N-O-C-O-N-N-O-R.com. And if you're looking for a quick, easy and affordable professional actors website, check out www.mysite.actor. Thanks for listening.